The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Campion here with Tom Clements of Tom and Brendy, Brendy, Brendy Clements. She's too cool. She's too cool to come. Uh, he owns uh, Clements Cleaning out of Waterloo, Illinois, and they've been doing it for 20 years. They serve residential clients. Um, he is a, if, for those of you joining us on YouTube, you can see some of the swag we sent. It says success rocks, uh, excuses suck, and it's got our trademark not trademark but classic uh raccoon that my wife and Lindsay are nuts about i don't know how we got it but here we are um anyway tom's been a not just a good client but a good like community member and supports a lot of the guys and gals in our alumni group i think maybe even our public group uh if you want to join that the public group at least it's just facebook groups search girl by cleaning company jump in uh, we got 16 17 uh entrepreneurs in there owners of cleaning companies specifically anyway i just thought his perspective on life and business and kind of his story of where he started where he's at now would be encouraging to you guys so before we jump in and share that anything i missed anything you want to add tom to my sloppy introduction no i think you uh as normal you you nailed it uh uh yeah that's that's us so yeah done and done all right yeah. well, let's start at the beginning um before we even get to problems or us or any of that stuff what got it's been 20 years what got you in the cleaning business uh money surprisingly i used to build houses i used to be in construction uh field had a, had a construction business and went to the tax person uh one one year and uh she was like hey your wife's making a lot more money than you are and i felt like i was working a whole lot harder than she was at least in the elements and whatnot and I was off for two months out of the year because it was too hot, too cold, raining, uh, whatever. And so I decided to uh, trade in the hammer and pick up the broom. And quite frankly, I barely made it through the training process, but uh, I made it through. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to work with uh, uh, your best friend and, and your wife and your partner and uh, be able to not strangle murder each other along the way. And uh, uh, so, yeah, that's what got me into it, uh, money and I'm going to spend more time with her. Beautiful. So she had, I know some of the answers, but I'm going to ask just to, you know, make sure we ever, she had a cleaning company already and you chose to join her there. Correct. Yeah. She had uh, started a cleaning company after the kids started going to school. Uh, she didn't want to go back to corporate America. She is one of those super weirdos that gets her Zen from cleaning. So bam, she started cleaning uh, commercial buildings. Uh, surprisingly, uh, at night, I'd work during the day. She'd work at night. We'd high five each other, and here's the homework that needs to be done. And she'd do her night thing. I'd watch the kids, and then morning, we'd high five again and swap out. And uh, so that, and then slowly uh, but surely, the more the kids didn't need her, uh, the commercial people there were in a relatively small area, and the owners of those businesses were like, "Hey, do you clean houses?" And she said, "No, but sure." So she got into that. Uh, and then we started cleaning anything and and, and everywhere. We, we would wash a dog uh, if you paid us enough money at the time. That was 20 years ago, though. Sure. Um, we all we all have our, you know, <laughs> what experience is a great educator, whether you like it or not. So mm. what 
Um, and this part I actually do forget because I've known you so long. I forgot when you came to us, like what was going on? What wasn't working? Was things okay? And you wanted to get better? Was it a complete dumpster fire? You needed help? Like I completely forgot what your before pictures look like. So for me and the, <laughs> the, the audience, yeah. What was going on when you reached out? Well, um, like I said, it was, it was probably about five years ago. I joined Brandy's team, uh, sold everything, fired everybody on the construction end, uh, started working with her. It was us in the field working uh, the majority of the time. We had a few employees, but you know, it was us in the trenches doing the work during the day and then at night doing all the night stuff, the bookkeeping, mm -hmm. the, the marketing. I mean, we didn't do much marketing back then, but uh, all the stuff that runs the business uh, we were doing at nights and it just got overwhelming. We were putting in 60, 70 hours uh, a week between daytime and nighttime. And then we're like, oh man, we should be and that's, loaded that's together. So it's 120 <laughs> to 140 hours like of effort from Team Clements. Correct. Correct. And then we're like, hey, we should be loaded, man. We have the money. And then we're looking at the, uh, the bank accounts. We're like, holy shit, how, how, are, how are we broke and dead ass mm. tired? How's this, 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 this can't continue. Either one of us has to get, do something else uh, or we have to figure out how to do this right. And uh, I stumbled upon your podcast. I'm a podcast guy. I, I like those when I'm doing things. I listen to that instead of music. Uh, and I stumbled upon you and started listening. And the more I listened, the more uh, I was digging what you were laying down. I know that's your one of your favorite lines, but it was just resonating with me. And I'm like, I want this. I want I, I, I want time. I, this is just, a, I don't want to be putting in 60, 70, 80 hours a week in cleaning and then all the stuff at night. It's just, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And got little snippets of how to do this with the podcast. Uh, and then I wanted more. So then I signed up for a call. Uh, and then uh, I, I think it was Sean uh, Bandic that uh, yeah. was, was my, my intake guy. One of I our talked to him. Suzanne is one of our mindset coaches. That's her husband. So I don't want to get yeah, sorry. Yeah. into us. I want to make sure we focus on you. So, and I want to just give everyone out there an encouragement or a suggestion if, if you'll take it. I would say probably 70, 80% of our clients come to us when it's kind of what Tom's talking about, either one or both. Like we're working really hard or we're not making enough money for the effort we put in or both. We're working hard and making, you know, not great money. And it's so frustrating for us because they always come, not always, but like I said, 80% of the people come when everything's really a mess. So I just want to encourage if you're out there, if you're getting the results that you want, just keep doing what you're doing, listen to the podcast, have fun. If you're not getting the results that you want, don't wait till it's a mess. Like it's so much easier, more fun to like, I don't say preemptively, but when things are, are heading that direction, I think the problem is entrepreneurs are really optimistic. So we're like, it's going to get better. It's going to get fixed. And we wait until it's like on fire and like, okay, this is a god dang mess. And then we take action. So I just want to encourage you on that. Okay. So I we don't have to get too far into the pain because what I'm hearing you saying or the what was frustrating or where you're at, it sounds like to me, you're like, yeah, we knew it. We knew we had problems. Like we didn't need someone else to tell us. We we're we're working 70 hours a week. We're making, I'm assuming you guys are paying bills, but nothing more than that. And you're like, I'm working harder than ever for less than ever. Is that fair? 100% right. Yeah. Uh, we were busting booty and for we could have we could have got regular jobs and made just about as much money with a lot less time of ours invested in it and a lot less emotions invested in it. it it was our baby just like i'm sure every not every most cleaning company owners out there it's their baby it's their dream there they start it usually because they like to clean or that's just something they can do and yeah that that, that was where we got to 
well, super common for people to be like, yeah, I started a business and left my, you know, 40 hour a week job making 80 grand to work 80 hours a week making 40 grand for myself. <laughs> working for myself. Yeah, okay. yeah, I have all, all free time in the world, you know? No, no. All those cleaning company owners know that's not the case. We feel so, like it. Prior the to big that, thing for me was was tracking my time. Like we, one of the podcasts said, you know, hey, write down your hours. What are you working? And I, I did that. I did that for me, and I secretly did it for my wife. Randy. <laughs> she, she didn't want to do it. So, and I handed her a timesheet. I'm like, this is how much time we are really working. Wow. And it, it, it was mind blowing. You know? That is nuts. Okay. Last question about the before, and then I'm dying mm-hmm. to hear about what you did and how things are different in your life now. So, because again, I'm always trying to get, and I always fail, but I'm, I'll never stop trying. The guys before they get into, you know, panic mode, which is when they usually call us, what stopped you before? Like, why, why didn't you call six months ago or again, whether it's calling us or just whatever, taking action, why didn't you do something three months prior, six months prior, a year prior? Why wait until it's like, this is goddamn ridiculous. Honestly, I'd love to know. No fear, a little fear and a little uh, arrogance. I, I, thought I could make this work if I just had more time. I could figure it out. I, I feel like I'm a smart guy. I feel like I can pick up on things and implement things. But I, yeah, that's what arrogance and fear, if I had to give you an answer to that question. I'm so glad you did, because that is, as soon as you said it, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what, and guys, gals, I want to encourage you. I'm 49, and I've been in business for 25 years and man, did I learn to get rid or I shouldn't say I learned man did pride and arrogance and fear teach me a lesson. Right. So I, I don't want to be here judging, um, but just kind of next to you going, been there, done that, paid the stupid tax, paid the, the late fees, all of it. So yeah, I, if you, you just want to encourage those guys and gals, if in your own, the solitude of your own mind, you know, look at yourself and go, is it fear? Is it arrogance? And if, if it is, that stopped me from making a change and getting life I want. Are those the the emotions I want to govern my behavior? And if so, God bless. If not, consider doing something different. Okay. Yeah, and it, it was costing me relationships with my wife, relationships with my friends, relationships with my family, my loved ones. It was costing me more than money. More, more important things, at least in my opinion, than money. It was costing me. Yeah. And it's tough when you're like, no, baby, I love you or no friends. I care about you, but your time and your money say, you know, your words say one thing, but your actions are different. It's hard. And then you start asking yourself, like, what do I really value? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's, what's the truth of this matter? All right. So you came in the good thing about people and the pain that Tom and Brandy were in super coachable, like pain's a great coach. So, you know, the people (laughs) aren't as much, we have to work a little harder to coach them and get them to do different things. I'm guessing you didn't have a lot of that because you're like, whatever it takes, you know, obviously don't lie, cheat or steal, but we can't live like this, whatever it takes. So obviously over nine weeks and lots of conversations, you change a lot of things. We can't get into all that now, but I'd love if you don't mind just giving the top one or two or three things that you found were the biggest lever, like the lowest inputs to get the most outputs mm. for, for the two of the two of you guys. Okay. And let's uh, go two top- ways. Let's go financially and let's go personally. So, cause it sounds like those are the two things, like we were working too much, our quality of life sucked, but at least we were broke. So like, give me on each one for, for each. So people that are in either or both of those buckets can relate. I, I think I got one that that's going to touch base on both. The, the, sure. the biggest hurdle was deciding whether we wanted more free time or if we wanted to 
get out of cleaning to have more time to focus on the business. So for me and Brandy, it's different. I really was looking to find uh, ways to free up my time to better serve the community, do what I wanted to do, which in turn, weirdly enough, helps grow the business even more. Um, Brandy was the opposite. She's a hardworking German girl that doesn't really, doesn't know what to do with herself if she was only working 15, 20 hours a week. She would, she would invent things to do. So she likes to be more hands-on, but also she didn't want to clean. So getting out of the field was number one financial and emotional hurdle that we had to do. And me, it was easy because I wanted it more. For Brandy, it was harder. But once she learned that she could still work hard, just in a different arena, uh, more of on the business and uh, more important things. She's she's smarter than her, her talent are wasted as a cleaner. And don't get me wrong, cleaners are awesome. They have their place and have their purpose, but most cleaners can't run a business. Most cleaners don't make good uh, administrators. They don't make good managers. They, that's just not their, it's not in their wheelhouse. And that's not what you hire them for. We, we do have one, Pink Unicorn, I know they had a whole podcast about that kind of person who we who's been a cleaner that's been been with us for God five six years now, and she's been in every field we want. She just had a baby, so now she's our uh, does our schedule virtually. Hey, new friend, love that you are here. If you want more Cleaning Nation, more us, you can check us out on YouTube. Similar content, you just get to see each other. It's totally free. Or if you want to say, hey, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, join our free Facebook group. We love hearing from you, Cleaning Nation. That's what makes it magic. Jump on, we'll see you there. Let me go back to a couple things I think are important. One, I want to repeat what Tom said that I think you guys may have missed because he said it fairly quickly. I wanted to get out of cleaning both emotionally and financially. So I think that's a big holder backer of people that are, I can't afford to get out. Like I can't, if they think that they make money cleaning and there's kind of that fear of if I stop cleaning, I won't make as much. And most certainly if you stop cleaning and replace the time you were cleaning with doing nothing, you will make less money. But if you replace the time cleaning with owning a business, you will make infinitely more. Just like Tom said, there's a reason cleaners make a small amount of money and owners make a lot of money. And no offense, if you own the company, but you're cleaning, you're still going to make cleaning money. If you own the company and own the company, you'll make owner money. And I get it. You're like, well, I don't know what to do. Okay. Well then reach out, you know, podcasts like this books, get a coach, do what you need to do us or somebody else, find someone that does know how to do it and pay them in time, love, buy them dinner, pay them their fee, whatever their deal is and get them to help you. So First and foremost, I love that Tom got early because it's very tough to get out of cleaning if we equate the more I clean, the more I make, or the more I work in any regard, the more I make. Very hard to, so you got to switch your belief systems first of no, the higher value work I put my mind to and my efforts to, the more I make. And that, yeah, so we're really really looking to get a better return on our time investment. Second thing is I want to point out that a lot of people miss is Brandy's perspective from what you just said, Tom, which is, a lot of times we don't take into account the social or emotional cost of not cleaning. There's this like, mm-hmm. I can go to work, I start, it's dirty, and I finish it's clean, and I love doing it, and blah, 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 blah. And we make it this big, hairy mess where we go round and round of, I know I shouldn't clean, I know I'm working too hard, I'm miserable and I'm tired, but I love cleaning, and that's the only part. You know, I need that zen to kind of relax, and it makes me feel good. So we kind of can't really get a clarity. Whereas the reality is, 
there's nothing wrong with cleaning. There's something wrong with having to clean, right? So the funny thing is all these people say, I love cleaning. Once we get them out of cleaning and they're into owning, they know. <laughs> well, I love it so much. I have to go back. So that it's really a crutch <laughs> of just saying like, I'm so, you know, it's almost like a girl breaks up with you and you're like, yeah, I was gonna break up with her anyway. Like you're, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you're trying to self-medicate and be like, it's okay. So you tell yourself it's okay to clean. Cause I love it. Funny enough, if we got you out of cleaning, you wouldn't go back. So just wanted to be clear on a, the beliefs that you have around cleaning are huge. Okay. So how, so everyone's like, great, you got out of cleaning. That's number one. So if you're still cleaning and you want to grow a cleaning company, you got to get out of cleaning. How in God's green did you do that? That's the important part. Well, uh, it started with uh, tracking my time. Um, like I said earlier, uh, figuring out how many hours I was doing cleaning, how many hours I was marketing, how many hours, and then picking the jobs that I could uh, sub out to other cleaners like rags or uh, getting the vacuum cleaners repaired or whatever it might be. The little jobs are first to try to get somebody else to do it. And the cleaners were the first people I'd lean on because they were employees of mine and I could make them do that kind of stuff. And the biggest step was just making the SOPs for when people called in sick, when people quit on you or no-showed you, having standing operating procedures of, okay, first you do this, secondly you do this, thirdly you do this. I am not even on that list. I, I made it an option. I'm not available. If I'm the only one available, we're go go to step three and reschedule it for another day. It's not that big of a deal. You, and I th and I found that uh, with Brandy was the hardest for her. If if she said she was going to be there at this time, no matter what, she was there, which is fine if you can do it. But if you're in a pickle of I just worked 24 hours. I'm almost asleep driving to this place. I have to find something else to do. Reschedule it. It's not the end of the world. The right client won't care. They'll understand. As long as it's once in a blue moon, not once every couple cleanings you're rescheduling on them. Um, and then having having a partner uh, in the business that uh, is my wife and we can lean on each other. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I got out of it quickly. Uh, she slowly got herself out of it, uh, a little slower at least. By slower, I mean like two months and she was done. Well, and let me encourage everybody out there because I'm the same way. Like if I gave my word, I got to be there. But mm -hmm. I'll give an example. I had a car dealership for a couple of years and you know how many brake jobs I did? None. And <laughs> you know how many brake jobs we said we were going to do and then didn't do because we didn't have labor? None. So it's not even a matter of like, I'm not going to show up. Although if I had, if push came to shove, I probably wouldn't, you know, if I was trying to get out of cleaning, I certainly wouldn't. It's more a matter of just making arrangements, right? Like I, the reason I didn't do break jobs, I didn't know how. So I had to figure it out because I'm not going to go back on my word, but I didn't know how to do it. So I had to hire someone. So one of the problems, and if you, any of you guys have read the book, old book, E-Myth by Michael Gerber, um, he talks about like the worst thing for a hair stylist to go into business is a hair salon because she's going to want to do everything or the worst thing for a mechanic to do is open an auto repair shop or the worst thing for a cleaner to do is trying to open a cleaning business because they've got like what brandy had of i'll just do it i'll just do it i'll just do it so mm -hmm. i don't want you to hear what tom's saying is like well just don't you know miss cleanings but what i do want you to hear is have a standing operating procedure and your name shouldn't be on the list and the paradoxical thing is once you're not going to be on the list the clients that we have almost never miss at any way and if they do they met and then only for the first once or twice and then they kind of figured out. So like, I'm guessing now years after um, you implemented this, no cleanings are getting missed. You just have a system that 
I think the problem is right. it's built in assumed Tom and Brandy are the backup. You had to change that assumption of Tom and Brandy are not the backup. So much so we'll miss a cleaning if right. we have to. Not that yeah. we ever yeah, and our do. and our list of the SOPs of standing operating procedures, it it was like uh two things when we first said no, we're not we're we're not on the list. It's like two options. Now it's like eight or nine options before that, you know, call the, what are your, by, by memory, obviously we'll have in front of you, but what are the five no. things that they do before they call you? First thing is, uh, uh, we always have people that aren't off. They, we have no full-time employees. We always have part-time employees. So there's always three or four employees that aren't scheduled to work that day. Call them first. Secondly is call people that are in our hiring funnel that we don't have room to hire right then and there, but they said they would like to be a sub to work their way in. Call them next. Uh, third one would be, uh, and, gosh, well, Tom's, no, I, I, that's about as far as I go. I, I know there's like five or six other things on the on list. list. Well, let me I just couple, don't know that. Let me give a couple encouragements to everybody. One, there's, he assumes some things I want you not to assume and be like, oh, he had to actually do that all part. No, it's good. I, I'm just, I okay, want to okay. point out it's part-time employees, right? If you've got 40 hour employees. And you try and call that guy to work 50 in a week, that's tough. When you got guys working 10 or 15, you call them to ask, ask if they'll work 15 or 20, not such a big deal. So the baked in part-time employees and then the baked in hiring funnel, that's always running. Like if you don't have a hiring funnel, that's always running, then that, so a lot of the things are kind of, they all work together is when you get your hiring funnel the way it's supposed to be going, a lot of those things magically show up in terms of, oh, we've got options. We've got the general concept we're trying to do is you want to have a system that always has more people wanting to work and clean than you have spots for it. And most people don't do that. They feel like, well, I want just enough and I don't want to have a hiring funnel if I don't have a job right away and have a million hours for everybody. So I'll just pick up the slack. And it's like, nope, if you're not going to pick up the slack, it's pretty easy to be like, oh, we'll just have more. We just need to build more demand for people wanting into clean than we have things for them to clean. Okay. So to wrap it, give us a little bit about your life today. Like how are things better? And then uh, give any encouragement or coaching you want to clean the nation. Well, awesome. Okay. Well, uh, we, uh, we strictly do residential reoccurring weekly or every other week cleaning services. We only take on clients like that. Uh, hiring funnels up and running, uh, employee funnels are up and running. I probably spend 20 hours a week, uh, on the business um, that's marketing, that's uh, looking at uh, uh, KPIs, key performance indicator sheets, checking to make sure everything's running. And I still do the phone calls and I still do the walkthroughs. But I only we only take on so many clients because we know exactly how many we need each month to get our goals. Um, and yeah, that's that's from going through your program, Mike, that we learn all that kind of stuff. I won't even try to go into that. But so working 20 hours a week, doing what I really like to do, which is talk to people, meet clients, meet new people and onboard friends and neighbors into uh, our service and, and be able to provide a service for them uh, rather than running around like a maniac, just taking on anybody that would call me and say, hey, can you clean for me? It's much nicer to be able to pick and choose the clients I want to take on, I want to help, I want to serve rather than having to take on anybody that throws a nickel at me. That's the major shift, uh, at least for me. Uh, and and we still do uh, uh, pay each other. Um, like I said, our, our, our business model is we pay each other not uh, strictly out of the profits. We pay ourselves a salary, but we know the jobs that we do, how much time it takes to do that job. And if I had to replace myself, 
I know exactly what I'd pay that person if I wanted to step out and I, it wouldn't affect my bills at all. Uh, so yeah. So that's you. So you, what I hear you saying, you started 60, 70 hours a week doing all the work for all the people. You're now working less than 20 hours a week, only working with people that you like doing jobs that you like. Is that overstated or is that fair? No, I think that's uh hammer, nail, nail on the hammer, nail on the head or hammer on the head. Uh, so what, yes. about, what about Brandy? What's her life look like? How's her change? Uh, she is a lot less stressed out. Number one, uh, she enjoys um, running HR and, and being able to hire good people, friends and taking her time at, at getting good prospects in as our employees, as our cleaners versus same goes instead of hiring anyone that would show up just because they showed up warm body syndrome, having the systems in place that we do, it's a lot less stressful and it's just streamlined. She wanted to, to not do the group interviews as a matter of fact, a couple of times. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. Keep that going. It's like, well, we don't need anybody. And I'll sit down and do the math with her. I'm like, okay, well, do you really, you know? And when you shift your head around saying, you know, people only want full-time hours. I can't hire anyone unless I can give them 40 hours. They want overtime. Once you can wrap your head around of, Maybe that's not true and accept it and just go for it and just try it. It it makes your life so much easier with part-time employees. And if that, yeah, it just does. Okay. So is her hour, she's still working 60, 70? I mean, she's a lot less stressed. Oh God, no. Oh no. Yeah, no. She's working 20 to 30 maybe, but that's by choice. Uh, she has, she does a lot of the jobs that a VA could do just because she likes it and she wants to do it. But if she didn't want to do it, she could be working 20 hours just like me, max. But she chooses to to do it because she wants to. And I and I don't I don't dare tell her what what to do or what not to do. That's I, why you pay I, me. I, mean, I can tell her because I don't you know, she's <laughs> you know? Not, I'm not trying to be romantic uh, with her. Mike, I'm not I'm not joking. I miss you being able to tell her the same <laughs> things I would tell her. <laughs> Even if the that. same thing you would say, you're like, why does he I'm like and I always tell my clients uh, like don't worry, my wife don't listen to me neither. So when your wife listens to me, don't worry, my mine don't. So it it all it all sorts out. Um, okay, so time wise, it sounds like both of you went from 60, 70, 80 hours of doing work that you really didn't like to 10 to 30 hours of work that you do like. What about money? Making what about revenue money? More or less, same? Has that grown? How's that you know more? Okay, more, so yeah. more money, top line and bottom line, because you know, revenue. Top and fine. bottom. Okay, cool. Yep, top line top top line actually isn't a whole lot different but the profit is way different <laughs> way, way, pick way, one, way. it's the bottom <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah when you get the right clients and the right billing systems and all that stuff yes the, the top line doesn't matter it's the bottom one and it is incredibly much more much 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 more beautiful and that's one of my conversations i have periodically with clients of you know i want to double my business and we get into the p l and I know what's going on. I'm like, all right, I'll give you an offer. We can take a year and double your business and you're going to work a lot. Or we can double your profit in about a month with very little work. And almost always like, no, I want that one. So it sounds like you yeah. probably came in we, wanting to grow top line. You're like, and we were like, let's grow the revenue, the profit first. And we can pull the revenue. Yeah. Mike, in, in a matter of a month of doing price increases, dropping monthly clients, uh, changing some monthly clients to bi-weekly clients, we doubled our revenue in 30 days just from a bunch of phone calls. I mean, I busted my butt calling people and sucking it up and getting the butterflies out of my stomach. And after like the third or fourth phone call, it was easy. But the first three or four were, uh, they were nerve wracking. But 
in 30 days, I doubled our revenue, our, our profit, and we lost maybe 30 clients out of it. And then in the next month or two, I replaced those clients, making way more profit than I was off those new ones than I ever was on the ones I lost. And the ones I lost were the bitchiest, most complainingest, aggravating, pain in my asses that I love the fact that we lost. They said, I don't, I'm not going for that. Sweet. Great. I don't have to do hoping you wouldn't. So that's, that's common. I think listening to everyone in the groups. Yeah. That for our clients, that is a very uh, common experience. All right. Any, I'm just gonna let you close it with any words of wisdom you have for the, the kids back home that are struggling, working too much, not making enough. They're like, what do I do, Tom? Mm. Floor is yours. Yep. I'm going to just simple and right to the point of, and the one that I fought you on the most, and so did Brandy. Uh, <laughs> By the way, Cleaning Nation, the ones that they fight me on, not Tom and Brandy, but my clients, almost always the one they need the most, but go ahead. <laughs> our vehicles, our vans, our mobile billboards that we thought, oh my God, these are getting us so much business. And I started tracking it and it's like, four clients in six months, maybe mention the vans, the ads you can do, the social marketing, the social, social networking is so much more uh, better ROI than those vans ever will. Those, those vehicles are, are a, they're, they're leeches upon your business that you have no idea because of, again, arrogance, maybe uh, uh, that, that if you don't have any, don't get them. If you have them, sell them get rid of them, get away from that. That would be my best word of advice. And the one thing that we fought you on the most, because we didn't think you were right, but uh, you were right. So there's that. <laughs> so 80% of the reason I have forward clients on the podcast, just to hear I was right. Um, yeah. The vehicles are great for the ego and just murder on the pocketbook. And it is funny. People are like, you don't understand. They're my marketing vehicle. And it's like, why don't we take the thousand dollars a month per vehicle you're spending and put it on actual marketing? Just like me going, you know, man, my Facebook ads are great for transporting me from here to there. It's like, nope, they're not. Let's just get the right tools on the right job and let them do it. All right. Clean Nation, yep. thanks for hanging. If you are at that point where you're like, ah, I, yeah, I, I, maybe there's a little pride. Maybe there's a little um, fear and I need some goddamn help getting over both of them. Feel free to reach out, growmycleaningcompany.com. Nothing for sale, just a bunch of free crap. Uh, feel free to join us in Facebook, our Facebook group, also free, Grow My Cleaning Company. Check it out. See you there. Well, here we are, the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.